Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. In Philadelphia, the uh, the Tom Brady of radio retirements, Ray Dinger, with us this morning. Ray, <laughs> uh, I will have to take a picture. Kyle, do me a favor. Just come in and take a picture of, of all of this. Because Ray's got five yellow legal pads, six magazines, newspaper clippings, uh, press, uh, oh, everything. All everything, right, here everything. I come. Media guys, he's got the whole thing. <laughs> all right, uh, let's uh, let's do the scene center, Mike, because you've been out there all week. Uh, I know mm-hmm. it's it's hard to cover the team as incisively as you during the regular season. Access is limited, but set the scene. Give us your brilliant observations from the Grand Canyon State. Well, let's look at this from two perspectives. One, the team, and two, the fans. So I was saying to somebody the other day, the team seems very uh, quietly confident to me. Uh, If you guys remember back five years ago before the, the Patriots Super Bowl in Minneapolis, there was an edge to that Eagles team. It was the whole underdogs thing. It was going against Belichick and Brady. You had Alshon Jeffrey guaranteeing that the Eagles were going to win the game. Uh, There was a bit more of a chip on the players' shoulders, I felt like, at that time than there is now. Definitely get the sense that they just feel very good about their chances, that they know they're a good team. Uh, They got here on merit, and uh, they're willing to go out there Sunday and kind of let the chips fall where they may. In terms of the town of Phoenix itself... I And I know you guys have been talking about this a little bit. I know Glenn and I have spoken about this on the show. Uh, it's it's different. Um, it took a little while for people to get out here uh, to see more and more Eagles fans. You started to see them Thursday and then yesterday throughout the city. I think that's a function, number one, of how expensive it was to come out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people waited till the last minute to, to come on out here for the game. I also think that because it's Phoenix and the weather is beautiful and the waste management open, the golf tournament is going on, people are more spread out. Uh, you know, Ray, I tell this story all the time, but back in Minneapolis, Ray and I did, uh, back when it was still on the air, Philly Sports Talk on Friday afternoon from the Mall of America. And there were 200 people there in the rotunda of the mall watching us do that show. And most of them were Ray's groupies, to be quite honest. Um, it was this, so you're the saying the town was filled with 70-year-old women. It's the damnedest thing I have <laughs> ever seen, Glenn. Um, but people were more concentrated. There were fewer places to go, honestly, because it was so damn cold. <laughs> you couldn't go anywhere except the mall, and you didn't want to walk around outside. So... 
a couple of factors there have made it a little bit different, but definitely the excitement is building. It will be interesting to see tomorrow when the game starts, if you get the the, the sound of the Philly crowd as you did in Minneapolis, as I remember back in Jacksonville, uh, as Eagle fans are prone to do, traveling to games. This was, as you mentioned, Mike, an amazingly expensive ticket. I mean, I looked at some stuff I wrote about it earlier this week. It's like $10,000 between the hotel and the airfare and the ticket and everything else. So I don't know. I hope that we're going to get those people. Ray Didinger, let me turn to you and just say it's. I, I, I am delighted today to have both of you guys here. It's this is, this is a pleasure for me and I presume also for the listeners. Ray, you've covered 39 of these. I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Today's the day before. Mm-hmm. What happens today? What are they? What are they thinking? What are the players? What are the coaches? What's what happens the day before the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, there are many. There are many varied stories about the day before the big game. Yeah, some um, not so good. Um, I'm the one. The one that I, that I remember best was Doug Williams on the day before his historic game when he was going to be the first black quarterback to start a game in the Super Bowl. Um, Went in and had root canal surgery the day before the game. What? <laughs> Doug, wow. I guess Doug, necessary. Doug that was, Williams, that was not optional. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was. It was an emergency thing. I mean, it was that bad that they said we, we got to do this right now. So he had root canal the day before he went out to play the biggest game of his life. And of course, then he goes out and he has the MVP performance. So I would think that's an extreme case. I wouldn't recommend that across the board. Um, but you know, Mike was referencing the uh, the last Eagle Super Bowl in Minneapolis, and I was very. Um, I was very curious to see, uh, to kind of gauge the emotional readiness of the Eagles team when I got to Minnesota, because I had been through it with the Eagles in New Orleans, the Vermeil team for Super Bowl 15. Uh, and I saw how uptight and stressed out that team was by the end of the week. Uh, and it concerned me going into that game. I still to this day think the Eagles were a better team than the Raiders, but they certainly didn't show it on game day. Uh, and I really think a lot of it had to do with just their mental state going into the game. They were just really, they were really wound tight. And I kind of wanted to see where the Eagles were in Minneapolis before they went out to play the Patriots. And when I got out there, and, and Mike described it very well, the everybody was sort of everybody was sort of congregated in the Mall of America. And the Eagles Hotel, the Eagles had a, were staying in a hotel that was connected to the Mall of America. So you, there were Eagles players and their families all over the place. I mean, everywhere you turned, you're bumping into Brandon Graham or, or uh, you know, Jason Kelsey and their families and, uh, and everybody. And the players just seemed so loose and they seemed so happy and they were really, really enjoying the moment. And when I saw Seth Joyner out there, I mentioned it to him and Seth said, hey, man, these guys can't wait to play this game. Uh, and it just it just sort of reaffirmed my feeling. You know, I think the Eagles are going to pull this off. You know, I just I like on Friday after seeing what I saw and talking to Seth, I became more confident that the Eagles were going to win the game, and they did. Now Mike's out there, so he's been able to see these guys and been to the press conferences and stuff. But from what I can see on television, uh, the interviews I've seen on television, I mean, Nick Sirianni seems to be handling it really well. Uh, seems to be having some fun with it. The players seem loose. It seems like they're enjoying it. And from, I mean, I'm, I'm judging it from a distance. Mike's closer to it, but it seems to me like they're in a pretty good place. I think that they, they look to me like a team that's ready to play. Mike? Yeah, I agree with that completely, Ray. Uh, there's, there's no sense amongst the players or Sirianni or any of the assistant coaches, and that's been one of the benefits of this week is 
while access is limited, you do get to interact and interview all the assistant coaches on the team, which you don't generally get to do during the season. It's very rare for that to happen. So, you know, there have been I've done sit downs with Shane Steichen and Jeff Stoutland and a little bit with Jonathan Gannon and to a man. They are none of them are betraying any kind of nervousness or concern, any of the tightness that Ray mentioned leading up to the 8081 Super Bowl. Uh, it feels very much like the entire season has felt if you've been around the team. So I think that that bodes pretty well. Do you sense a difference from five years ago this week to now this week? Like I said earlier, I think there was an edginess mm-hmm. uh, to the players back then because they embraced that underdog role so much. Yeah, I do think I they felt it. like uh, going into a game against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady – they really felt like nobody thought they would win. Uh, and, of course, they're playing with their backup quarterback and a second-year head coach. Uh, and, and to me, that game stands out in so many ways, not just because the Eagles won, but how little the national media, if you want to say that, and even the Patriots themselves knew about the Eagles. Ray, I'm sure you remember this, too. I remember that one moment in that game as the Eagles were lining up to do the Philly special on fourth and goal and uh, Deion Lewis, the Patriots running back, can't believe that they're going for yeah. it on fourth and goal. And if you had spent any time watching the Eagles that season, you shouldn't have been surprised that they were going for it in that situation. That was their M.O. all year. And it spoke, I think, to how little people really understood what that team was doing and how it was doing it. I'm not sure you have that issue this year. I think everybody acknowledges how good they are. Okay, that leads us into what we're going to do all day, which is the matchups. And the first one is the matchup of the coaches, which is a critical one, and I want to talk about that. Uh, Nick versus Andy. Uh, let me just give you guys some numbers, and I'm, most people have probably seen these by now. Both teams, 16-3 and three this year. Both teams scored 546 points. Right. It's pretty impressive. Both teams, six All-Pros, including a Kelsey brother and their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, both teams, the number one seed in their conference. So, let's talk about, let's compare and contrast the two quarterbacks. Uh, Shil Kapadia said it really well this week in a piece that he did for The Athletic, saying, if I'm handicapping the game, I want Andy for the two weeks leading up. I want Nick for the three hours during the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ray? You give me your assessment of the two coaches and how you grade that tomorrow. Well, I thought that uh, we've seen Andy go through this before. We've seen Andy in big games before. uh, And we've seen him be outcoached in big games before. But the experience is a factor. That he's been through this before is a factor. And also, don't everybody's focusing on the head coaches. Don't forget about the coordinators. You know, the coordinators are going to have a lot to say about this game. Uh, and Sirianni is new to this, as are his two coordinators. Um, the Chiefs, on the other hand, have Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator who's been through this with Andy before. Uh, and on the defensive side, you got Steve Spagnuolo, who's been through it multiple times. Uh, he was with Andy in the Super Bowls la- uh, last couple of years with the Chiefs. Before that, he was the defensive coordinator for Tom Coughlin's Giants team that took down the unbeaten Patriots, also the highest-scoring team in the league. And I thought, I thought Steve Spagnuolo coached a masterful game in that game. He was one step ahead of Tom Brady the whole day, and that ain't easy to do. Uh, and then Spags, of course, was on Andy's staff when they went to the Super Bowl the first time. So the defensive coordinator is going to have a lot to say about how this game goes. On the Chiefs' side, has had a lot of experience in this game. So that weighs into this, too. But 
the thing that I thought was interesting about what Nick did yesterday um, was that he actually addressed the idea of halftime with his team. Mm -hmm. The fact that uh, there's a longer halftime. And he actually interrupted their practice yesterday and took them into the locker room. And they didn't, look, he didn't keep them in there for 30 minutes. But he did for about 10 minutes and just said, look, this is not going to be the normal halftime. And I thought, you know, that's smart. Because I have seen so many coaches in this situation, in the Super Bowl, and I understand the message they're trying to send, but they're sending the wrong message and they do it all the time. But what they try to tell the players is, guys, this is just another game. It's just another game. It's just a football game. You've been playing in them since high school. You've been playing them in college and the NFL. Don't make this bigger than it is. It's just another game. To which I say, That's, you're wrong. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is not just another game. It's different in a million different ways. You know, your pregame warm-up is going to be different. The whole week leading up to it is going to be different. Halftime is going to be different. And I think, that, and I think the coaches that have performed well in these games – have been honest with their players the whole week and tried to prepare them for the fact that it's going to be different. Rather than tell them it's going to be the same old thing, and then they get out there on Sunday and all of a sudden, pregame warm-up, you're trying to go back and field a punt, and you're bumping into the cameraman from Telemundo. Yeah. You know, and at halftime, now all of a sudden, you're, you're sitting in there for what feels like an hour, and you walk out to play the second half, and you can't see because there's all the smoke on the field from the fireworks. You know, it's not like any other game. So I think you have to prepare your guys for that, too, and I think it seems to me that Nick is aware of that and has already done it, and I think that's a good thing. By the way, the, the whole story you're telling takes me back to Super Bowl Thirty Nine, when the Eagles Bingo. came out of this for the second half just so, so flat. So, so flat. Mike, coaching, who's got the advantage? You know, I, I really agree with what Shield said, and I just want to run down three reasons why I think he's he put his finger right on the, the issue here. So, after... At the end of Andy's first season as the Chiefs head coach, they made the playoffs. They played the Colts in Indianapolis. They had a 28-point lead in that game and ended up losing 45-44. Mm. In 2018, they had a 21-3 lead on the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs and ended up losing 22-21. Last year, the championship game, they had a 21-3 lead on the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah. ended up losing 27-24 in overtime. To me... I agree with what Shield said in that I feel like Sirianni will adjust in game more adeptly than Andy will. Uh, Andy will win the first couple of weeks. He's he, he's the preparation king, but if things start to go off script, so to speak, I feel like Sirianni will adjust. Having said that, I, I offered those three examples because I'm really curious to see what happens if the Chiefs take an early lead. It's, if it's, let's say, 14-3 or 21-10 or something like that, uh, will the Eagles stay the course? You know, there have been situations in this season where they've been down early. They were down 14 nothing to the Jacksonville Jaguars and came back and won. And you do have that history with Andy uh, that his teams can get off to big leads and he struggles to protect them. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a fascinating matchup. It's crazy to think that you have that the Eagles are going against probably a top 10 all-time coach in league history, uh, and their head coach is in his second full season, Yep. and you feel like they might have the advantage, but I think in some ways they might. Do you know how many times this year the Eagles had to call a timeout before or take a delay penalty because the play was not in? 
Jeez. I'm going to I'm going to guess zero. Zero. Yeah. I was zero. Gonna say I I can't remember one. How many times did we have that during the Andy years? It seemed like at least once a game. Right. Now, I don't watch the Chiefs enough to know if that is as big an issue now as it was and maybe some of that was on Donovan McNabb, maybe, although it happened with other quarterbacks here. Uh one of the smartest things Nick did and I know he was criticized for it at the time. I thought it was great is when he gave over the play calling so that he could focus on the big picture. Right. And I think that works. Mm-hmm. And sometimes during games, we all know the TV shot of Andy behind the enormous diner menu uh, full of stuff with his mustache deeply in it as stuff is going on. And I, I, I think I agree with what Shield said, what you said. Andy's probably done more, knows more, schemed more over the last two weeks than Nick is capable of at this time in his career. But tomorrow, in a tense moment, in a close game, I'll go with Nick. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Yeah. Let's think in a call here. Let's go to Jared in West Virginia. Morning, Jared. What do you think? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead. Okay, good. Uh, well, first of all, let me say I – uh, living in West Virginia, I didn't get to have WIP growing up. I was a subscriber to the Eagles Digest, and I loved uh, listening to or reading Ray's columns that he would put in there. So I want to say uh, hi to Ray. Nice to uh, nice to talk to you. Thank you, thank you for thank you for reading and following over the years. I found the uh, WIP on the Radio.com app back in seventeen, right before the start of the season. So I got to ride through that whole season, which was. Pretty awesome. Sure. Yes, it was. Um, what I was going to say about the game is I'm really concerned. I know that Andy's going to try to get the ball out of Mahomes' hands as quick as possible. I'm concerned with um, him passing to the running backs, McKinnon and Pacheco uh, mm-hmm. especially. I think we're going to have to uh, get to him really quick, uh, and our um, our cornerbacks can handle their assignments, but – our safeties and our linebackers are going to be tested. Well, I will just tell you this, and thanks for the call, Jared. Enjoy. Before we started the show, Ray was talking to Tom Kelly, who did the previous show as he was walking out, and Ray said, you know, the concern I have, and we'll get into this as we do the other matchups. I don't want to jump the gun too much, but you said the concern I have is that Andy uh, doesn't have the wide receivers, and what he's going to do is he's going to go underneath and throw the running backs, which yep. is what the <laughs> caller just said, which is seems a smart strategy but also one that Nick will anticipate. You hope so, and you hope that Jonathan Gannon's anticipating it because the wide receivers on, on the Chiefs team are not really going to beat you. They'll make, a, they'll make a, a catch or two, a play or two, but they're not going to beat you. Um, I'm sure the Eagles' preparation for the last two weeks has been largely about trying to take away um, Travis Kelsey, and Andy, of course, knows that. So he expects the Eagles to come out with you know some kind of bracket coverage, shifting coverage underneath, over the top. I mean, they're going to be all over Kelsey. So I don't think he's going to be trying to force the ball into the wide receivers. I think what he's going to try and do is he's going to come out and he's just going to dink and dunk it. I mean, he's going to screen it. He's going to throw little flat passes. He's going to throw checkdowns. And Pacheco and particularly McKinnon are very, very good at that. And that's one area where I don't think the Eagles' defense has been great this year. I mean, if you look back at the, at the amount of yards after catch the Eagles have given up to running backs, especially those kinds of players, it's a concern when you've got a guy who's really as good and elusive as McKinnon. Um, the premium is going to be get the ball out of Mahomes' hands fast 
and you can do that and get it to McKinnon and still get a big play. All right, we'll deep dive into that and all other aspects of it as the show goes on. I am just delighted to have Mike Sealski out in Arizona, and at some point today we got to talk about the piece. Uh, Mike's done some great work this week. The piece you wrote about the Eagles almost moving for people who don't remember, which was 38 years ago, right? 38 plus, 38 yeah, December plus. of 84. Yeah, and, and Ray's uh, part of that story is great because Ray was sleeping. Yeah, like like most of my career, I almost slept I, through I, it. I did talk to Ray early in the week, and uh, and Ray actually was quoted in a terrific piece by Sam Farmer of the L.A. Times on the very same topic. So, yeah. looking forward to discussing. We'll that. get into that as we go on, and as we said earlier, Hall of Famer Joe Klecko will join us. But we're going to break it all down: every position matchup, every aspect of the game, and the show with our predictions. It's the day before the Super Bowl. Mike Sealski in Arizona. Ray Didinger back in studio. I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And the gun is Hertz. Sanders behind him. This time, Hertz gives it off. And he runs with the football and keeps it and takes it across the five and rolls down to the two. 
And is he in? Yes! He is. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts! That's magic. A great fake to Sanders, and then he kept it and ran around the right end and took it 26 yards for a touchdown. Little sleight of hand, Mr. Reese, and oh, I think he had you sl- fooled. Oh, he had, the, <laughs> he had the Vikings fooled. One of my favorite plays of the year, uh, if you uh, don't remember, because it was fairly early, a 27-yard touchdown run by Jalen Hurts, where, yeah, I mean, he faked at everybody, and he powers his way those last five yards, cutting through people. So here it comes. Other than the coaching, clearly the most interesting matchup of the game is the two quarterbacks. Now, they're not going to be on the field at the same time, so saying it's a matchup is always kind of weird, but you know what we're talking about. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Mike Sielski, recognized as the best quarterback in the NFL. Some people already put him in the top five. He has won a Super Bowl. He's all that. Throws the ball from every direction. He is a, uh, a, a running threat. We'll get to his ankle, tender ankle in a minute. Jalen Hurts had a phenomenal year. He's young. It's the first time. I set it up, Mike. You take it where you want to take it. Well, look, this is the reason to think the Chiefs are going to win the game. I haven't heard anybody all week, whether you're talking about people who are here in the Phoenix area, whether you're talking about local media, whether you're talking about national media, no one has suggested that man for man, position for position, the Chiefs are a better team than the Eagles. Everybody acknowledges that the Eagles are the deeper, overall more talented team. The question is, can Patrick Mahomes carry the Chiefs can he be that good in this game and you know I think it's interesting I think Mahomes is an incredible player um you know in terms of his intelligence in terms of as you said Glenn the ways that he can throw the football the sidearms the the creativity all of that you see he's working on a back on a a behind the back pass he threatens to use it may may very well be remember that uh what is it was it Ernie DiGregorio through that like yeah wow you know good full court Back, you know, behind the back pass, it's considered the greatest pass in basketball I history. That anyway, was to Marvin Barnes. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, look at Mahomes in his two Super Bowls. Yes, he was the MVP the first time around when the Chiefs beat the 49ers. Uh, he did not have a good game that night through a couple of interceptions. And then against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, he was running for his life that entire night. He was. He was great in that he survived because the Bucks just dominated uh, the Chiefs' offensive line that night. So, look, I, I get it. I think Mahomes is an incredible player. He might be just in terms of talent at the position, the best that I've ever seen. But he's going to be chased all night by Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and that entire Eagles defensive line. Uh, and Hurts is not going to encounter that kind of pressure from the Chiefs. I just don't think so. Um, so do the Chiefs have the advantage there? Yes, of course. They would have the advantage against anybody in the NFL because they have Patrick Mahomes. But the gap isn't so great. Ray, let me approach it from a uh, an experience and psyche and psychological point of view, okay? Because okay. you, you've seen a lot of young quarterbacks in their first Super Bowl. Sometimes some of them have done great, sometimes not so much. When... It's tomorrow, 6-25, and uh, that, I forget the name of the country and western guy who's doing the national anthem, whatever, is doing it. And Jalen Hurts is standing there for two minutes. Mm-hmm. That's I heard a the Jason Travis Kelsey podcast, They the both of them did a thing of being at the Super Bowl and when you realize they're, you're there. And it was a great little thing they talked about, which was 
during the week, you're really focused. You're practicing and you're doing this and you're listening to the coach. You're talking to your teammates and so on. And then when you get there and you're standing there at the national anthem and it's two minutes and nothing else is going on and you look around and you say, oh, bleep, I'm in the Super Bowl. It's mm-hmm. a great little dialogue they had. Right. What's Jalen Hurts going to be thinking? His job. I don't think he's going to be caught up in all that other stuff. I think he is just that focused. But you never know. I mean, I remember uh, Troy Aikman, when I was at NFL Films doing an interview with Troy Aikman about his first Super Bowl with the Cowboys uh, and him talking about, and was played at the Rose Bowl where he played his college football at UCLA. So he was in a familiar surroundings. Uh, And he said, you know, that morning of the game, I was fine. The bus ride, I was fine. Getting taped, dressed, I was fine. Went through warm-ups, I was fine. And he said, I went back to the locker room, and I thought, wow, this isn't so bad, you know. Uh, And he said, and then they came in, and they said, okay, guys, it's time. And we went up the tunnel. And he said, and I was standing in the tunnel waiting to be introduced. Uh, And he said, when they called my name and I started jogging out on the field, he said, I almost blacked out. And he said, and I almost thought, oh, my God, I'm going to drop over right here in a faint. He said, it hit me like that, like a bolt. I didn't feel it coming, but it was there. Now, Troy Aikman is a pretty cool customer. I mean, he's not a guy that you think of as somebody that's going to get get real emotional or really caught up in things. Uh, He always kind of seemed above it all. But that moment almost brought him to his knees. You just don't know. If you were to ask me to guess how Jalen Hurts going to handle it, I just think he's he's wired in such a way that he knows what's coming and he's, he's ready for it. But until the moment comes, you just don't know. So he's never – I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, uh, to Ray's point, uh, Aikman then ended up going 22 for 30 for 273 yards and four touchdowns. So if Jalen Hurts comes close to blacking out, maybe it's a sign. It's a good sign for the Eagles. Very good pull, Mike. Nice, impressive work. Um, we've never seen the guy phased. I mean, he is. Jalen Hurts is that guy – I don't want to say robotic because that sounds like a negative, but or program because that sounds like a negative. But he has lived his life waiting for this moment. He mm-hmm. talked this week about how he was raised and his dad. We've seen him handle pressure situations well. We've seen him, including college, handle negative, handle setbacks well. Um, he's got he's got the, the 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 smarts. He's got the mindset. He's got the physical attributes. Everything that says that won't happen. But you've also seen it happen, right? Give me a quarterback who didn't do so well the first time there. Not that I want people to, to get this too much in mind. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't want to scare people too much. Well, um, I'm, I'll, one I know very well, Ron Jaworski. Uh, yeah, that's what I, the one I was thinking of too. Ronnie. Right? And, you know, Ronnie's as, as tough a competitor as it comes. But, um, I mean, he will tell you today that that, that day got to him. Uh, and the very, he's told me many times, the very first play, the very first play, very first pass play the Eagles had. He said, it's a simple route. He said, we ran it all year. He said, it was one of our best. He said, Spagnola runs a drag across the middle. Wilbert swings out of the backfield into the flat. He said, I looked at that play a hundred times. He said, we completed it every time we did it in regular season. He said, if the, if the defense drops and I've got the middle covered and Spagnola's covered, I lay it off to Wilbert in the flat. And he said, this time I drop back and... Everything's there. Spagnola's covered, and I'm just thinking. He said I was so amped up, and I had so much adrenaline that I just it 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 overrode my better judgment, and I tried to stick the ball into Spagnola, even though he's covered. Got intercepted. 
Raiders intercept it. They score a touchdown like right away, and it's seven nothing, and it's all downhill from there. And Ron, and Ron, you know, Ronnie said, "I know better. I yeah. know, I know exactly. I know the mistake <laughs> I made at all season. I knew better, and I didn't make that mistake. But in the Super Bowl, with the excitement and my own level of wanting to make the big play." I made the big mistake. Yeah. That happens. And he never got to get back, which is a shame. And never got back. Right, so that, that was that. Um, we know Mahomes is great and is not going to be faced by the moment. He's been there before. It will be a huge, huge uh, factor in this game to see how Jalen Hurts responds on the big stage. Let's get a call in here. Rob and Glenn Olden. Rob, you got a lot of confidence about tomorrow, eh? Oh, Glenn, i got a ton of confidence. Right, how you doing? What's up, Mike? Hey, Rob. Hey, listen, um, two points on the make. Andy Reid is one step away from being Marv Levy. Sorry, Glenn. But if you take away that collapse from San Fran when they won the Super Bowl and when the Eagles beat him tomorrow, he has a possibility of being 0-4. Now, it didn't happen. He's going to be 1-3. But he could have been 0-4 in Super Bowls, if you think about it. In the big game, I'll take Sirianni. I'll take Doug Peterson over him. Just because I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So I just looked up the curious thing. If, if San Fran didn't collapse, he could have been 0-4. Well, but, he could have been 0-3 heading into tomorrow, but I hear your point. Yeah, but my point is he's he's great up until that game. He hasn't been the best in that game. So Right. We need yeah. that Andy tomorrow. And thanks. Yeah. We, we need the Andy <laughs> tomorrow who is going to be flustered in the big moment, who is going to do things that kind of defy logic, who's going to yeah. screw up the time. Well, let's you, you not forget. Glenn, let's not forget. Ahead, I'm sorry. They, they they did come back in that game. They were losing that game, and they came back in the fourth quarter yeah. and won it. I mean, that game looked like it was lost. So you got to give them credit for that. Yeah, and the one thing I would add, guys, I know you were speaking earlier. Uh, I think with Tom Kelly about kind of the way that Eagles fans don't feel as apprehensive and nervous about this game compared to five years ago, and this confidence is kind of unsettling. I think one of the factors in that. Is the is that Andy already has won a Super Bowl? If the Eagles were facing Andy Reid in this game, and Andy were still looking for his first championship, I think a lot of Eagles fans would be looking at this game and saying, "I can't believe we had this guy for 14 years and he never won the big game, and now we get there and he's going to win the big game for the first time against us." Uh, I think that's taken some of the edge off of the way people are looking at this game and how worked up they're getting. <laughs> Most people, Mike, not sure if you got to talk to or listen to Angelo this week because he is still carrying that thing like a sword. <laughs> Angelo's going to carry it. He's going to carry that stunned. one all the way into retirement, man. It's, it's, <laughs> that is a grudge that he has held and is not going to let go. No, right. no, nobody holds a grudge like Angelo. Oh, he's great. We got. Ah! I think that was the sound he made when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Two on five, five nine two, ninety-four, ninety-four. Let me see. What are we doing coming up next? Coming up next, talk a little bit about the running game of the two teams. I think the Eagles got an edge. We'll see what these guys think. I'm Glenn Mack now with Mike Sealski in Arizona, Ray Dinger here in studio. Leading up to tomorrow's Super Bowl. Hey, if this cold winter we've endured hasn't yet convinced you to replace your drafty inefficient windows and doors. Check out the great people at Guide a Door and Window because they can help. They can give you, they're going to give you one more month to do so at the best prices of the year. Now, 
Maybe you haven't taken advantage of Guida's big winter sale. Well, this is your last chance to do so. You receive 40% off every window and door. That's 40% off each expertly installed, energy-efficient replacement window, which also includes free high-performance low-E glass. And you get 40% off any high-quality door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Oh, I got a beauty at Guida, let me tell you. Uh, and you can buy now and pay later with Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans. Offer will expire at the end of February, so don't let this final chance for big savings pass you by. If your home needs new windows and doors, hey, call the experts at Guida today. Get it done before this. Well, you probably can't, but you can schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's good. Trying to catch them right here. Hurts gives it off to Sanders to the five. In for the touchdown goes Miles Sanders, 10 yards out. Offensive line controlling the line of scrimmage, Merrill. And when they start to take over the line of scrimmage, you got to let the big dogs eat. It's a great run off the right side by Miles Sanders. I was early in the year against Jacksonville. Sanders had a terrific game that day. Uh, and so let's talk about the running games of the two teams, the backs of the two teams. I will just tell you, and Ray, I'll come to you first on this one. Mm-hmm. I think the key to – you know what? I'm coming to you first because <laughs> I think you'll agree with me. Not that Mike <laughs> won't, but, but I know where you stand on these things. I agreed with you for 21 <laughs> years. Why wouldn't I today? <laughs> I think the key to the game is to keep Mahomes on the sideline as much as you can, which means you use the running game, you bleed the clock. The running game includes Jalen Hurts, by the way, mm-hmm. a lot. comes up, which they won't. I hope they lose the toss. Yeah, well, you, you know that you, if, they, know. if they win the toss, they're deferring. Right, and, and amazing how well it's worked in the last few weeks when they have lost the toss. Now, those were home games. This is not a home game, so there's a little bit of a difference. Uh, I'm going for it on, I mean, I'm not going for it on fourth and seven at my 15-yard line, but I'm going for fourth. If I'm anywhere past my own 45 and it's fourth and manageable, I'm going for it. Four down territory. I want to keep the ball, and that involves Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell uh, being very effective, and I think they can be. Yes, I agree. I, I, <laughs> I agree with everything you just said there. I think that when you're going against the highest-scoring offense in football, and you're going against the best quarterback in football, and you're going against a team that was the best in the league at converting third down, almost 50%, all of that stuff, yeah, you, want it, you, you don't want that offense on the field if you can help it. Uh, and the Eagles are built in such a way that they can play ball control. They can win time of possession, and in fact, they should. And I think that's probably the way they're going to attack this. I remember, I mean, this isn't an exact comparison, but it's fairly close in the sense that when the Giants upset the Patriots in that Super Bowl that everybody remembers, Super Bowl 42, when the Patriots came in 18-0 and they were the highest-scoring team in the league and they had Tom Brady and they had Randy Moss and they were scoring a million points a game, um, the Giants, the first time they got the ball, held the ball for 9 minutes and 59 seconds. They held the ball. Their first possession was 10 minutes. Yeah. And they just bled it, and they just bled yes, it, and yes. they just bled it, yes. and they just bled it. Bleed. And, let it bleed. And, Rolling Stones, Mike, and before that was, your time. And that was I why, know, let it bleed. <laughs> and that was why, that was. if you're watching that, you're saying, okay, this is their plan. 
If they can do it, this is what they're going to do. They're going to keep Brady and Moss and all those guys off the field. They're going to keep the score down, uh, and they're just going to try and execute their offense. It winds up being a 17-14 game that they're in position to win on one final drive. I think that the Eagles can do the same thing here. You, the one thing you don't want is you don't want the Chiefs with the ball in their hands. And you can do it. You have, you're built to be that kind of team. With your line, your running game, this quarterback, you are built to win a time of possession game. And I think that's one of the reasons why you know, I really like the Eagles in this game. I think it, I think it sets up very well for them. Mike Sielski? I'm going to surprise you guys. I disagree slightly Ooh. in this regard. I don't think the Eagles should run to bleed the clock. I think the Eagles should run to score. They scored 32 rushing touchdowns this season, the most in the league by a pretty wide margin. They're second in the league in offense to the Chiefs. It's not as if the Eagles were a ball control team that had to play it safe during the course of the season. You know, that Giants team, right, to your point, that was a perfect strategy for that game because the Giants weren't necessarily an explosive offense, certainly not in the same league is that Patriots team with Brady and Randy Moss and all those receivers and the running game and all of that. Um, the Eagles can run to score. I mean, this is a team that scored 31 points in the NFC Championship game against the consensus best defense in the NFL, and all four of their touchdowns were rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts hasn't put up eye-popping numbers in these two postseason games, and the Eagles have still scored 69 points. So, I agree with you guys in the sense that you you get the best of both worlds if you're able to run the ball in this game, because not only will you keep Mahomes off the field, which of course is a benefit, you're going to score, and that's more important. I don't I don't want to see the Eagles try to win a 17-14 game. I want to see them try to win the score that I think they're going to win by, and we'll get to that later, but, you know, 35 points or something like that, because that's who they are. Yeah, I don't think, but the one thing... You don't want to. You don't want to get into a shootout with this team. You know you can't. You can't get into a shootout kind of game with Mahomes in this offense. You just can't. I mean, you have you. Uh, you have to control the ball, and you obviously have to score on your possessions. I wasn't suggesting that you're just going to hold the no, ball I and then punt. I know. But um, I think that if you if you try to get too cute with this, uh, and you try and you and the game turns into a back and forth shootout kind of game, then it becomes a much more winnable game for the Chiefs because they're. You know, they're, that's what they're built to do, and that's, that's what it's going to be. So, you know, I think the Eagles physically uh, are a much stronger, more, more dominant team, and they're, and they're going to win you, and they're going to win it in the trenches. Uh, I just don't think you want to make it a fast break kind of game because I think that's more the Chiefs style. So the Eagles have averaged, was it, 160-ish yards a, a game rushing this year. Mm-hmm. 2509 divided by 17. Uh, carry the eight. Uh, 100, <laughs> about 150. Mm-hmm. Over, under 150 rushing yards. This game, Mike Sielski. Over. Over. Ray Dinger. Over. Ooh, we're all in agreement. All right, let's go to the other side. Chiefs, running backs. Um, They don't. Well, there, Ray. I'll, I'll go to you because you kind of alluded to this earlier. Caller did, and I think you agreed. The Chiefs' running backs are more of a threat in this game, catching the ball than running the ball. True or false? True. True. I, I've, you know, Pacheco is a is a is a good tough runner. Uh, average about five yards carry this year. I mean, he's good at it. But they're not going great. To... Boxing doctor too, by the way. Yes, he was outstanding. <laughs> but um, they're not going to. 
they're not going to win it that way because Andy's not going to coach it that way. You know, Andy wants to throw the ball. And if you got Patrick Mahomes, I fully understand that. Um, but where they're going to hurt you, where, where Pacheco and, moreover, McKinnon are going to hurt you is on the little screen passes. They're very, very good at that. I mean, one of the interesting stats, I mean, I knew McKinnon had a, had a really impactful year with the Chiefs. I knew that. But until I looked at the numbers, I didn't realize he has nine touchdown receptions. That's a lot for a back. Mm-hmm. That is a lot for a back. But that's how Andy utilizes him in this offense. It's a little bit like Westbrook. I mean, he's got that same kind of thing where he'll just sort of swing out of the backfield. He's also like Westbrook. He's a better pass blocker than you would think given his size. But he's really dangerous when he gets out in the flat and you throw him that little screen pass and then he, gets, and then he can start running. He's, that's his strength, and I think that Andy's going to build an awful lot of that into his offense uh, to try and help Mahomes out. If the Eagles rush, if the Eagles come out rushing and getting pressure with their four, and I think they will, uh, one of the ways that you can cool that off a little bit is by screening and dunking, dinking and dunking, and he's got the players that can do that. All right, Mike, who's got the edge in running backs? Oh, Actually, I'm going to re- restate that. Who's got the okay. edge? Well, who's got the edge in running backs, including the quarterbacks as a running threat? The Eagles do. Uh, and it's less about the Eagles running backs, as good as Gainwell in particular has been in the postseason, than it is the offensive line in Hurts. Uh, they have an edge there. And, and to Ray's point, I'm, I think he's right on the money about the idea of Andy doing what he's always done, or at least done a lot in his career, which is throwing the ball short to run it. Uh, because he's the, I think the Chiefs want to get out to an early lead. They need to get out to an early lead. Uh, they want to play that way. They want to put you know the young head coach and and this team on its heels a little bit in a position they haven't been in often. And to Andy, that means throwing the ball, and it means neutralizing the Eagles' pass rush. Uh, but to answer your question, Glenn, the, the Eagles have the better running attack because of those five guys up front, and I do think we'll see more of Hurts in that role than we've seen him uh, against the 49ers and Giants in the postseason because you know it's lay it all out there time there's 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 nothing you're saving him for he's got the whole offseason to get his shoulder fixed or anything else he needs to get fixed uh this is for all the marbles let's get matt in ridley with us matt i think you're going to say that mike sealski is brilliant on something well we spoke last week mike and and you glad and myself i don't know you guys for remember mm-hmm. uh mike was right on the money and ray as much as i respect your opinion and glenn's and i do I think we just need to play our game. I told your producer, Herb Brooks used to say on the sideline, play your game, play your game against the Russians. And we just need to play our game. It doesn't matter what uh, the Chiefs do. We just play our game, good, aggressive enough, and I think we're going to be fine. And I honestly think we're going to win by double digits. I think, and just by playing our game, we're going to keep them off the field anyway. If we run the ball effectively, take some shots downfield, I think we're going to put up about 35 or 38 points. Well, I'm a little bit puzzled. Play their play your game. It's that that is their game. You know, that is what? their game. The Eagles game is run the ball. But we can They were the number they were the number points. one rushing team in the yeah, league, right? Right. Exactly. And I think but I but we still do take some shots down the field and we can put up 35 to 38 points at times and that's what I mean. Like if we just play our game and not keep the ball I think I think what uh, Matt, if I if I inter- yes. interpret it correctly, Ray, Matt is saying that you when you talked about the Giants with that nine and a half minute drive, you're almost saying right. don't go for the long shot downfield, just run it. I don't know that that's exactly what you were saying. 
No, that isn't, yeah, I, that isn't I, exactly what I was saying. I was just saying, okay. uh, yeah, the idea of play, of course. I mean, you get to the yeah. Super Bowl, you got to the Super Bowl playing a certain way. So that's what you're going to do that day. It would be kind of silly to get here and all of a sudden play something other than your game. Uh, the, strength, right. the strength of this team is their offensive line and their ability to run the ball. They've been able to do that against everybody. They were able to do that against a far superior front seven with the 49ers. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to go into that. And one of the things you want to do is if that's the way you attack it and have some success, you will force Steve Spagnuolo to take some chances, with it, and he'll force him to do some things, run, throw up some run blitzes. You'll create one-on-ones on the outside, which will get Smith and Brown matched up against a couple of these rookie cornerbacks, and then you can take some shots in the passing game. 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski is out in Arizona. Hey, Mike, is the... Uh it, the 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 size of the the press the media any bigger or smaller than recent years i'm just curious if with the pandemic largely regarded as over more people are going yeah i think it might be a tiny bit smaller glenn oh, it's smaller. still a gigantic uh, contingent of media here uh radio row was was full as usual yeah. uh but i think it just might be a little bit smaller as I, as i referenced earlier it costs so much money to come out here. Crazy. On, you know, a plane ticket, the hotels, you know, all of that. The uh, the NFL kind of gouged media on the media hotel. It's well north of $500 a night. And, Ooh. yeah, so uh, <laughs> I think it, the, the, the contingent is a tiny bit smaller than it used to be. I want to see the Inquirer accountants when they start, these things start coming. You guys have, <laughs> what, like four or five people out there? How many, do you know how many? Uh, four or five. We have, I think, 24 or 25, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah, okay. it's uh, I may be um, you know, you may see me wearing a sandwich board uh, at the corner of Broad and Market. You know, we'll sell books and newspapers for food. We'll write for apples. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Hey, when you bring up banking, most business people roll their eyes, but I can tell you that Meridian Bank customers don't feel that way. Uh, sure, Meridian business bankers they do the loan thing, and they offer guidance on making your business more successful. But Meridian also puts on great customer events, both educational and social. And, hey, they're a super group of people to be around. If you want to put some fun in your business banking, get started at meridianbanker.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.